You're listening to Disrupting Balance, the podcast, where we are busting myths and breaking balance. Hear stories from women who are pushing boundaries to navigate the decisions and changes that come with work, womanhood, and winning. I'm your host, Hanifa Barnes, speaker, decision strategist, and master imbalancepreneur. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hope you enjoy. Hey, fellow disruptors, it's season three, and I'd like to take just a little minute for a praise break and a thank you because I didn't think that I would make it this far when I started this journey in May of this year. So if you would indulge me for a moment of celebration, I would greatly appreciate it. Okay, we're back. Thank you so much. So again, we are in season three and thank you to everybody, my fellow listeners, those of you who have downloaded, those of you who have subscribed, those of you who have rated it and reviewed it or passed it along. I am grateful and appreciate you taking the time to be a part of this journey. If you're a new listener or if you haven't done so already, please subscribe, comment, review. It really helps the show and helps me to get these stories out there to more people, to more audiences, because our stories matter. Those stories are the stories of women who are constantly finding those ways to disrupt balance, disrupt the status quo, to find their own path to greatness. They are rejecting what folks are saying they have to do and actually creating the path based on what they want to do. And I know that's you, many of our listeners who have tuned in, or you're on your path to disruption to find the route that works for you. So forward movement is a key part of my process, but I don't jump forward without really thinking about and analyzing what I did prior to. That's the process for my own growth. So with that in mind, I wanna reflect a little bit about the seasons that have gone. Season one was a learning season for me, not just from all of the guests and the jewels they had to share, but also from a technical perspective. I learned that editing takes a lot of time and I learned to be patient with my own process as I figured out what worked based on my schedule. Cause you all know I work a full-time job and I also have a blog and I have four children, married. So my life is very, very busy, but season one taught me a lot about patience and creating a work process to fit within my flow. And so this was definitely something I desired to make work because it was connected to something that I was passionate about. So in all the bumps and bruises and the learning lessons from season one, the big thing I can say is trust your process. When you start out on something, it's not going to feel comfortable because it's new. You're breaking out of that box that you once knew. You're going to feel frustrated. You're going to want to give up. You're going to be watching others who are successful, wondering when your success will come. All that is part of the process. But if you continue to push through, you'll finally find a stride. And that's what season one did for me. Not to mention all of the wonderful guests sharing stories about their joy in divorce, dealing with the invisibility of motherhood, 
love the second time around the power of faith. I mean, so many wonderful gems in that season. So it's not too late. You can still catch it. Apple podcast, Google podcast, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, my website. So make sure you check that out. If you missed any of those episodes. Now, season two was my first stab at an actual campaign. It was the Big Myth campaign. And that season was all about highlighting the myths in womanhood. Those things that we were taught to believe or expected to believe about ourselves and how we busted those myths. And so that was a growth season for me as well, as I really worked to clarify content and really be intentional about the questions I was asking and about what I was putting out there. So I got a little bit more savvy with my editing and technical skills and my workflow, and I began to concentrate more on content and how I put my materials out there. And so in that season, we talked about the myths around death and the loss of loved ones, uh, age and how that plays a part in how you see yourself in the world. Also race, a lot about the strong woman, um, the strong black woman trope and how to manage that and continue to manage that, especially in this current environment. Talked about the myths around womanhood, whether or not you want to have kids, whether or not you want to be married, whether or not that even matters and how to deal with the effects of that. We also talked about the myths around voice, who we are in different spaces based on our identities and our intersections and how we use that or don't use it in order to navigate. So season two was a wonderful learning season. Again, if you missed it, it's not too late. You can still check out those episodes. And now it's all about season three and season three will not disappoint either. In this season, it's still the women who are disrupting balance, but what you will glean from this season is the fact that these women experience pivotal moments in their lives that force them to make a shift. We all can think about a major moment, maybe a milestone, maybe a huge event, whether it was traumatizing, whether it was triumphant, We can all think about a moment in our lives that really made us stop and think about what we're doing for the rest of our lives and that desire we may have to make an impact before we leave this world. And so these women that I talked to this season experienced these major pivots. So let's talk about this shift, right? And this shift is something that is akin to not only women, but men, all of us. Um, And this shift is most prevalent in mid-career or mid-level life is what I like to call it. And it's probably that age around mid to late 30s to late 40s because you are really just kind of pushing through. You've probably hit your stride professionally. You probably have hustled your way to the right position, the right amount of money, And now the challenges aren't so challenging and you're coasting and you're accustomed to your lifestyle 
and you're just trying to maintain the status quo and then something triggers, whether it's a pivotal moment, whether it's just something within you, you realize, but something is triggered that makes you wonder, am I really fulfilled? So we're always searching for some type of fulfillment at, you know, probably from our twenties on, but at the mid-level life point, you know, that search becomes a little bit different. You start wondering, am I missing something in my life? Or is this really what I want to be doing? Or maybe you think back to the time in your 20s when you were doing that thing that made you feel so excited and gave you a rush. Like in my case, I think back to my time as an actor because I remember that time and being on the stage or being in front of the camera or going on auditions and the rush that I felt and the excitement. And in fact, you know, just a sidebar, I am going to do something about that. And I plan to enroll in a small intro to theater class uh, nearby just to go back to that and fulfill that desire for myself. So there are ways to manage that feeling during the mid-level life. But I digress. The other piece about mid-level life is you come to this realization that time is not infinite. You know, in your 20s, you think, I got all the time in the world. I'm young. Yeah, yeah. But mid-level life, you start to realize, no, I don't have all the time in the world because mortality is real. You're Maybe you're experiencing loss of loved ones, of friends, or some major setback that makes you stop and realize that you don't have all the time in the world. And if you want to do it, do it now. I'm a part of a professional women's group called Elevate. And in that group, we have what's called squads, which is a group of about 12 women that get together uh, weekly over a 12 week period to discuss different things that are happening in the workplace in the context of womanhood and our gender. And on the call, I was a moderator or a squad leader for our group last year. And on the call, I learned, now mind you, these women in this group, they're all executive level women, professional, the majority of them are what I call the mid-level life women. And the consistent undertone in our conversations was about the question of, am I being fulfilled? Or I'm looking for that thing to make me feel a certain way. It's not that they didn't like their jobs or necessarily needed a new opportunity. Maybe they were trying to navigate within their current organizations. But the point is there was this feeling of, I want something more right? So you're trying to really balance this idea that I I want this job. I want this title. I want to keep making this money, but at the same time, I need something more to feel more fulfilled. And that's really a difficult juggle. So research actually shows that in mid-level life, the decisions that we make tend to lead to less desirable outcomes. So what is happening is really, you know, You get to this point where you want to shift, you need to shift, your life depends on a shift, Um, you want to change, you want to disrupt, you want to do something different because you want that excitement, that challenge that you experienced prior to your mid-level life. 
And it can feel unsettling until you find that thing. And unfortunately for some, they never do. And they settle in to what life is. And if that is your path, that is your path. But know that that does not have to be if you desire to do something different. The other challenge, I think, with mid-level life um, is that, you know, we get to a point where we're risk averse and we're risk averse because we get so comfortable with where we are. We're making the money we want. We may have the title we want. We may be living a lifestyle that we appreciate, or we are bound to certain responsibilities, especially if you have children um, and children in college, in my case. And so you are really risk averse and don't want to rock the boat too much because in rocking the boat, you're going to affect, uh, it's going to have a domino effect on the other people and things in your life. So the other thing is we don't want to challenge our assumptions. Again, that's a part of being risk averse, really thinking about how things could look from a different angle. How can you do this and still get what you need? It takes work to do that. And you're like, I already have so much work to do. Why would I add something else to my to-do list, right? I'm with you. I totally get it. I don't have a perfect buttoned up solution for all of this, but I will say this. The one thing that summed it up for me that made it crystal clear was actually um, a post on Twitter. And it was something to the effect of you don't want to chase or follow titles, money, other people. You really want to focus in and hone in on mission because as long as you have a mission in your head, there's something at stake, but it's broad enough for you to be able to apply it in different capacities. So if you have a mission to, say, support multicultural aspiring leaders who seek to enhance their performance, then you can maintain that mission in your head, write it down, and anything you do, you can measure it up to that particular mission to do your checkoff. So whether you're a COO, You can say, does this role help me to support multicultural aspiring leaders? Or whether you are an executive assistant, you can say, does this role help me to support aspiring multicultural leaders? Or does it lead me to that? So there are ways to make sure that you maintain some type or some component or level of your passion. And that is to be mission driven. So create your own mission. I'm with that all day. So season three guests are all women who took risks and tried something new as a result of some major life event. And it forced them either to do something outside of their normal or to rethink what they were currently doing and rethink their habits or their patterns of behavior to get to a place where they wanted to be. So in these conversations, you will hear how their lives have played out or are currently playing out 
all within the context of 2020. 2020 has definitely been a time for the record books. I mean, and there are still three months left, but just the heightened racial injustice alone, like I, I, I can't stop adding names to the list. I mean, Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Rayshard Brooks, Jacob Blake, Daniel Prude. And this is only the, these are only the ones we really know about that the stories were elevated. There are many more. We're also adjusting under COVID constraints and managing so much with um, limited interaction, in-person interaction. You're not able to engage socially as much. I mean, virtually, yes, but I don't really count that because it's not the same for me anyway. Um, So the inability to engage socially uh, has an effect. Not going into the office regularly or not going into church or not being able to go see friends or not being able to go out to eat as regularly, you know, or take trips as comfortably and freely because of COVID constraints, that also has an impact. And then there's news of those who have passed who who have had such an impact on the culture and society. And there are so many in 2020, but two that come to mind because they're most recent for me are of course Chadwick Boseman. And if you've been sleeping under a rock, he is the star of Black Panther, plays King T'Challa, but also the star of many films highlighting strong, resilient Black male characters. James Brown, Thurgood Marshall, Jackie Robinson. Um, And also at the time of this recording, it is the day after the passing of the notorious RBG, as she's affectionately known in legal communities. And that is Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And then to make matters even more complex, we have a presidential election and we're dealing with issues of voter suppression, potential election fraud, and there's just so much going on. And in the midst of all of that, these guests are still able to find their path to disrupt balance and create the life that they want for themselves and for their families. So I hope you really take the time to listen to this season and pull out some tools for yourselves um, because there is so much in these stories on how you can navigate. It's important in my notes when I say have a pen and paper, I'm really serious because there are people giving really great tools on how they were able to overcome some of the most challenging times in their lives. And there is no book for all of this to exist. There are many different books with different elements of issues that can help people. There are professionals that can help you. Uh, I have a therapist myself and a business coach, but you're not going to find it all in one big book of the lessons on how to navigate and disrupt balance. But if you listen and check out these episodes, you can find different stories 
some that apply to you, some that may apply to people you know, and some that you can apply at some point in your life. So you definitely want to have your pen and paper ready. I look forward to hearing from you. Send me a message or comment on the actual episode. Let me know how you're thinking. I am on social media, very active on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, you name it. My website, www.disruptingbalance.com. So make sure to connect with me and let me know your thoughts. Thank you for listening to Disrupting Balance. To learn more about how I'm in Disrupting Balance, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Disrupting Balance. You can also check out my website at www.disruptingbalance.com to get podcast updates and news from the Balance Disruptor community about how you can become your very own master in balancepreneur. Talk soon.